0: Hello, my name is Justin Clue, and I'm here today with Will Sloan. And today we're talking about the greatest superstar to ever grace the big screen. Yes, we're talking about Amitabh Bachchan, Bollywood's biggest star, who you may know from such movies as The Great Gatsby.
1: Yes, where he plays Meyer Wolfsheim for a few minutes. Uh, he's also, of course, famous for Slumdog Millionaire. Which he isn't actually in, but he's in that scene. <laughs> That's right. His his, his spectral presence <laughs>
0: yeah. is in it. An actor pretending to be him that you never see. I think the top of his head and just the back of his body. But look,
1: he's the most famous man in India, mm-hmm. the biggest star they've ever had. A man held in regard somewhere between I don't know a Humphrey Bogart and Abraham Lincoln,
0: or God, or God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like
1: there's there's no equivalent in North America for someone like this. And for us, you know, I think we've always been interested in Amitabh Bachchan. Mm-hmm. We've always I always liked the idea of Amitabh Bachchan,
0: And we've gone, how are we supposed to get into this?
1: Because the man has a daunting filmography.
0: And honestly, there's books written about him, but they're written in a certain style that you get with a lot of um, Indian... film writing, which is very enthusiastic, a lot of just kind of like tabloid journalism kind of stuff.
1: Not very rigorous. No. But we did read a book this week by Sunny Singh, Mm -hmm. which was published by the BFI, simply called Amitabh Bakchan. And that's where we learned most of what we're going to say on this (laughs) episode. Yeah,
0: basically we're going to um, recite the stuff (laughs) that we learned in that book. But Amitabh
1: Bakchan, you know, over 100 movies, also just like a vast career that spans 19, like
0: 70s to now. We just saw a movie in theaters a big giant blockbuster that starred him. And,
1: you know, not only all the cultural changes of India, but he spans media. Uh, he has a very popular Twitter presence. He hosted the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire.
0: And that's very important in how he kind of reformed himself for every generation. But let's talk about who he is. Like, for people that don't know who Amitabh Bakshan is, like, let, let's just describe him. He's a tall guy. Yeah. He's very gangly. He's famous for having very, like, long arms and legs, which in his fight scenes and his dance numbers, he likes to flail around a lot.
1: In his earlier films, he was filmed very much as kind of a physically intimidating presence. He was, you know, an action star. He was known
0: as the angry young man. Mm -hmm. That was the character that he played. Perfectly coiffed hair, big thick eyebrows, and he likes to kick butt.
1: But if there are two eras of his career, there are many eras of his career, but if you can put a big dividing line, it happens around the turn of the millennium where he turns into the patriarch of India.
0: Mm-hmm. And that happened in 2000, but mm-hmm. we'll get there a little bit later because let's start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So Amitabh Bakshan, born into a middle-class household, even probably upper, upper middle class, class. Upper-middle-class, Probably yeah.
1: upper-class even. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he has He liked to paint
0: himself as, like, you know, coming from the ground floor, like most of the people. But in truth, his father was, like, an artist, a poet. A well-known poet, yeah. And he was friends with, like, the, the government officials and stuff like that, and he didn't really have that much Trouble in his day to day life. So
1: Amitabh Bachchan was born in 1942, not long before the independence of India. He came to be a star in the early 70s. There, there was a, a period where he made something like 12 films, where most of them were kind of flops, mm-hmm. and and a real Chayung fat, if you will. But in 1973, he had this big breakthrough film Zanjeer, where, as you said, he became this symbolic figurehead of the angry young man of i mean the fact that he's born in 1942 is from what i understand very key because He's emerging onto the scene after that post independence period of optimism, mm-hmm. um, and and what now? Yeah, what now? And the first film that he made, Zanjeer, deals a lot in you know government corruption, and yeah, there was there was a sort of disillusionment that he was tapping into. Now I say this, of course, I didn't come up with this on my own. <laughs> I, I read this in multiple books because I think one of the reasons we were interested in doing this topic is because as much as we like Amitabh Bachchan, it's like there's a whole range of associations. Associations with Indian audiences for him that we're just not going to get.
0: So we should like, talk. Again you got to be there about like what the superstar in India is because they are an all-encompassing like character essentially right because like Amitabh Bakshan represented a certain thing that for a while like he would play that over and over and over again the reason he could make a hundred films is that him Mm -hmm. as a person especially at the beginning as the angry young man or Vijay which uh, was the name of his character which Mm -hmm. like Jackie Chan he would take from movie to movie Mm -hmm. he represented something very specific that people liked so producers and directors would just try to tap into that. Like we both watch uh, Zangir for this episode which came out in 1973 and that's his big
1: breakthrough movie the movie mm-hmm. that made him a star.
0: And it was okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, okay. Uh, I enjoyed watching it, but I mean, it's certainly not my favorite of the Amitabh Bachchan films I've seen, but It's
0: a, it's a film that uh, yeah. undercuts itself a lot. Like, you're like, oh boy, here we go! And well, then they're like, yeah. yeah,
1: let's take a step back. Like, what what can you even say? I mean, if you watched The Big Boss in Isolation, would you understand why it was the movie that no, made Bruce Lee No, you wouldn't Lea understand. Star? Yeah, because yeah.
0: you weren't there in that moment, and what yeah. culturally that means. And, like, when we're talking about Amitabh, like, that's very important because mm-hmm. his superstardom was kind of um, solidified around that.
1: So this movie, uh, it it has a bit of a spaghetti western flavor to it because it was inspired by Death Rides a Horse. Mm -hmm. Um, He plays a character named Vijay, who as a child sees his parents murdered and, and he remembers... The bracelet on the killer's hand and that's gonna carry him into adulthood as he as he lusts for revenge now he eventually becomes a cop a who go- goes too far well uh, you know he's a good honest cop in a corrupt town mm-hmm. and also there's a love interest mala played by his real life wife jaya bajuri and she's a, uh, a
0: knife sharpener
1: a street smart knife sharpener and she <laughs> sings a big song about how good it is to have a sharp knife and wink
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> wink wink <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, now she witnesses the bad goings on of the local gang and she has to be a witness. Um, but I, I, okay. Th- so the movie is two and a half hours long.
0: Ooh, it's yeah. It's not three hours long. You know, ma- most of the films I watch were three hours. Yeah, long.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, a lot happens in it. I'm not going to get into everything. So it, essentially Amitabh runs afoul of the powerful gang leader. Amitabh gets framed for accepting bribes. He goes to prison. He comes out, you know, he's pledged to, Mala that he's not going to seek revenge, but, uh, but oh, was, he wants was, revenge so much! Oh, it's so
0: exciting. He beats the bad guy. He's like, I was in there for six months, so I'm going to make the next six months of your life a living hell. Mm-hmm. And then um, his girlfriend's like, You can't do that. And he's like, You know what? You're right. Violence isn't the answer. I'm like, No. But eventually, yeah, violence is the answer. And then
1: you know, wouldn't you know it? It turns out the gang boss is also the guy who killed his parents. Oh, J- yeah, just
0: like Batman. <laughs> yep, he sees <laughs> uh, the devil in the moonlight. <laughs> oh. My my god he goes crazy and in the classic bollywood stylist period a lot of flailing limbs like people being thrown through stuff. But like Jackie Chan, I'm going to bring up Jackie Chan a lot throughout this episode. Uh, Amitabh Bakchan would say, I do all my own stunts.
1: Mm. And by the way, I think Jackie Chan and maybe Clint Eastwood are the only two stars who are kind of comparable to him. Mm -hmm. In terms of somebody who's had a career that long and who means that much.
0: But I think the difference is that Amitabh Bakchan as far as a um, public-facing persona, was never a director. Like, he never took control of his projects beyond probably being in the background and going through it. Mm. As far as we know. Again, two white guys, not from India, don't speak the language. Yeah, but,
1: but he's sort of the author of his career. I yeah, guess. he is
0: yeah. definitely. And like the thing, again, we said this in our uh, Bollywood episode, is that like these movies are so separated from what we usually watch as North Americans on a day-to-day basis that that's it's tough to get in those rhythms where they're like three hours long and you feel those three hours. Well,
1: whenever I go to see an Indian movie, I always kind of get myself in the headspace of like going to the opera <laughs> yeah. where, where it's kind of like it takes up the whole evening mm-hmm. and uh, you, you just yeah you just immerse yourself in it like you don't you forget about the outside world it's like going in a sensory deprivation tank
0: (laughs) so while uh zangir was the film that kind of made him a star sholay is the film that made him a superstar and
1: i think sholay is kind of the only movie he's made in india that has kind of penetrated western consciousness in any way like
0: (sighs) very barely i feel barely but
1: it's the one that has like sort of made a bit of an inkling on kind of like Western cult circles. Still
0: does not have a North American DVD or Blu-ray release. Which is a
1: shame because I actually think there are like several Amitabh Bachchan movies that could become like... Perf-
0: easily. Like yeah. if Aero Video wants to get in on that and start pro- uh, sh- um, kind of repackaging Amitabh Bachchan films. I mean, I-, I wonder why. Because like... I think it's just because people are not familiar enough with them. Yeah. And because it's mostly white people that are running these companies.
1: And the Indian companies probably don't see much of an advantage No, and
0: maybe it. they have been approached and been like, hey, can we do your film? Uh, and they're like, no, no, no. We know what happened when we gave uh, Kites to Brett Ratner. That was a disaster. <laughs> That's a deep cut for people yes. who are around I saw time.
1: I saw the Brett Ratner kind of, of <laughs> kites um,
0: but hopefully that can happen uh, because I would love to see a movie like Cholet in a proper contextualized edition. that seems like something like criterion to jump on easily but Cholet is a wonderful movie mm.
1: uh, I mean it's got so much stuff in it that's what we say of spaghetti all, western
0: and, like yeah. that is the ultimate kind of spaghetti western structure and look and feel and music and the action it's got a great scene of them you know riding a motorcycle with
1: one on the other guy's
0: shoulder mm-hmm. singing a
1: song. It's got, you know, funny comedy bits.
0: It's got everything. It's yeah. it's often a term the beginner Bollywood film along with the other film that he made around that time, Dwar, which is again a kind of like raging against the institution that Amitabh Bakshan as the angry young man would make his bread and butter for a little while. But as the um, Amitabh Bakshan book that we read by Sonny Singh, he kind of moved away from raging against the system and Focused on raging against the individual that he wants, you know, vengeance on.
1: Yeah, I mean, Amitabh Bachchan certainly becomes more powerful in real life. Mm -hmm. How long can you remain an outsider? And the book makes the case that he became a rather more conservative figure.
0: Yeah, uh, but a conservative in a way that, like, wouldn't shock most audiences. Just kind of like, oh, I'm poor... And I need to become middle class, usually to yeah. be able to execute my vengeance yeah. and, you know, gather wealth because that's what somebody does.
1: And his career very much mirrors the the progression of Indian society. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. There's another early movie that we watched called Amar Akbar Anthony from yeah. 1977.
0: And this is another one that was, like, very important in his evolution as... A superstar because it redefined who he was. Because he was known as the angry young man who's like fighting against forces that he can barely get over, usually dying tragically before the end. And this is the one where people went, "Oh no, he can be funny too." So the plot involves
1: three young men who were separated very early in their lives. Uh, they had a father whose life was destroyed by the local gang leader, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they were separated, separated from their mother who went blind tragically. Uh, and they go to other families and they have three wildly different lives one becomes hindu one becomes muslim the other christian you know and one becomes a police officer the other a tailor, and the other one a, a wacky nightclub entertainer
0: and guess who um uh,
1: amitabh bakshan is he's the wacky nightclub entertainer whoa my I've name never is
0: se- anthony i've never seen him like this popping out of a giant egg <laughs> doing his song and dance you know i love indian movies
1: of this time always look like they're shot in just the shittiest banquet halls <laughs>
0: yeah they are <laughs> they look like
1: like where I would have had my hockey team's uh, uh, trophy ceremony. You're just thinking
0: of Disco Dancer as well, Yes, right? I am
1: thinking of Disco Dancer. Like, they're the ugliest sets I've ever seen in a movie are in Disco Dancer.
0: Yep. And so um, all these brothers who were separated at birth, a very common event in Masala movies, which Masala movies, we didn't say at the beginning, are kind of like, you know, fun entertainment films where everything can be thrown into it. It's
1: like a big buffet. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, you have some action scenes, you're going to have some musical numbers, You can have some drama, you can have some romance, you can have some comedy, but at the same time, like don't expect like an action scene to happen every 10 minutes because you will be very disappointed. Well,
1: this is another thing about adjusting to these movies Mm -hmm. because you have to imagine yourself. This is the entire evening's entertainment Mm -hmm. in India for the entire family. So there's got to be something for everyone. Like you're having a different relationship with this movie than we would have with a movie here.
0: Yeah, Mm because like you go see an action film and you expect like action scenes here and here or even a musical Mm -hmm. like to mix both of them together. It's not bad, it's just different. Yeah. And it's about like a tuning to that.
1: Yeah, and the wild tonal shifts. <laughs> yes. like heavy, heavy drama goofy goofy comedy
0: so how is um amitabh in this movie though does he pull off those comedy chops i think so he's a big goofball yeah
1: he's pretty silly he's pretty funny in the musical numbers Mm -hmm. Uh, i enjoyed the movie Uh, it's number 10 on Time Out's list of the top 100 bollywood movies of all time
0: amitabh bakshan is all over times 100 uh, best bollywood films of all time (laughs) yeah i
1: again you wonder why was it this one that captured because as we're recording this podcast a remake of it was just released. So it has become a
0: canonical classic. One of the multiple remakes.
1: And I guess one one of the reasons that it became such a classic is because of the message of these people from three different religions, religions particularly, but also their class upbringings coming together against a common enemy and this is like symbolic of the country as a whole
0: yes or like that's what they hope would happen as with the country as a whole and uh, it caught the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. you know it was a huge hit and continued to propel um, Amitabh even further in his career as a superstar which wouldn't actually kind of expire until the 80s so you watched a movie called Coolie,
1: which you should just show me a bunch of clips of, and it looks incredible.
0: Yeah, so I watched Coolie from 1983, and um, this is one that's not really held in that high regard as far as like the reviews that I could find, but it was everything that I wanted from like a crazy masala Bollywood film. The <laughs> colors like sear your eyes. Um, Amitabh is doing crazy stuff in it. He's introduced with his pet hawk taking the gun from a bad guy, dropping it in his hand, and then Amitabh turns dramatically with like a little cigarello in his. mouth. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood style where he then jumps off like a platform to land on a train where he heroically walks down
1: you show me some wacky Jackie Chan style fight scenes <laughs> yeah,
0: with stunts that you're like oh my god that must like people died doing that and there's that really goofy comedy
1: scene he's handcuffed a woman to the bed. Mm
0: -hmm. And Amitabh decides, (laughs) oh, I'm going to make myself a French omelet. Turn it to the radio station because they'll tell me how. And then she keeps turning it to a yoga channel Mm -hmm. where he then starts imitating the yoga instructions
1: while he's trying to make the, like, Three Stooges Yeah,
0: like, putting a hot pepper in his mouth. And he's like, whoo! And then steam shoots out of his ears. So, you
1: mentioned, of course, that people might have died making Mm -hmm. this movie. Well, I can tell you somebody who almost did die, and his name is
0: Amitabh Amitabh Bakshi. Uh, so what ended up happening on this film is that like a pretty routine stunt and this is how it always goes where like Amitabh like rolled over something and got punched and thrown up against a sign uh, injured him so badly that he essentially went into a coma and the doctors were like he's going to die and so in 1983 when this happened all of India went bananas mm. and like they waited by his hospital and like they just prayed that he would come back to life somehow daily updates mm-hmm. on radio
1: newspapers yeah that's
0: all whole, like front page it, the country was just in
1: premature mourning and this was kind of the the height of his stardom i and think
0: it's funny because you watch the movie and it's just like classic amitabh uh kind of masala just edison goes wackiness and You think of, like, wow, but these people, like, they genuinely cared about this actor. Like, he meant more to them than just, like, ah, some guy i like to go see. Like, he was everything.
1: And you show me the fight scene where he almost died. And, you know, it's just a goofy fight scene. And then there's the pause. And then the text comes up on screen where it says... This is the shot where Amitabh Bachchan was gravely injured.
0: And it's not even like in the end credits or anything like that. It is right in the middle, in the diegesis of the fight scene. Like the screen yeah. stops.
1: And that text comes up. And then, and then the fight goes again. And he punches Amitabh and there's a pause.
0: So the audience would be like, yeah!
1: And then he falls over the table and there's another pause, I think. (laughs) And then the fight scene goes on. And yeah, the audience is supposed to cheer along or maybe uh, dry their eyes while Mm. they're watching this.
0: Because like when Amitabh... It's like faces of death. (laughs) (laughs) When Amitabh um, actually got better and he said that it was really the people that, like, wanted him to be better, that saved him. Like, he's very good at, like, mythologizing his own existence. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, wow, people caring about him is what brought him to life, which means that even the end of Cooley was changed because he was supposed to die at the end. But instead, he gets shot a bunch of times, and then thankfully all the religions coming together, and you see every single one of them <laughs> praying, brings him back to life, where he stands on a balcony and thanks them in the same way that the real Amitab did after he got out of the hospital shortly
1: after this amitabh Bachchan started his political career yes he had a political career this was after the assassination of indira gandhi mm-hmm. when he was sort of recruited by the gandhi family and who
0: he, we should he, he was friends with yeah, yeah
1: he was quite close with them uh, rajiv gandhi was the next prime minister he was encouraged to run as an mp he wanted in a landslide. He ran against a pretty popular MP, I think. I mean, he, but
0: he's Amitabh Bachchan, like, yeah, yeah. like the country's biggest superstar. So
1: he served, I think, three or four years while he was still making movies.
0: <laughs> That's insane. Um, Can you imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger like still making movies as the governor of California? Yeah, he did. It was called The Expendables. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but not, yeah, not yeah. three hours epics. Uh,
1: but yeah, uh, his career, his political career ended rather ignominiously because the Gandhi family was brought down in some scandals Mm. uh you know corruption bribery type scandals i don't know a lot about it unfortunately and amitabh was not a cabinet minister he was not closely connected to it but the the taint was all over him Mm. and uh the next government or the next regime put him under a lot of investigations it's really like if you read
0: about it it basically came down to a swedish arms company supposedly bribed some indian officials including amitabh bakshan and his brother to buy guns for them to give to the army and that haunted him for a decade can you imagine that haunting like an american politician at this point? well i mean
1: there's a problem which is which is that Amitabh Bachchan is, like, the hero of the dispossessed, the Mm -hmm. hero of the working class.
0: Well, we didn't even talk about the fact that, like, his co-star, Rekha, for a long time, um, the fan uh, magazines and the newspapers were obsessed that they were in a relationship together, which they probably were. So
1: part of Amitabh Bachchan's mystique was that he was maybe a bit of a ladies man.
0: Mm-hmm. Even mean, though he was happily married. And there are two
1: pillars to this, right? Yeah. Yes, he had a very secure and happy home life. He had two children, both of whom have become stars. Superstars, yeah. Uh, but but yes, he had a bit of a wandering eye, and there were always rumors, particularly this actress, Rekha. yeah. And they made many movies together, and she would write articles for fan magazines, well, who knows if she actually wrote them, <laughs> yeah. but somebody wrote them, that were like, oh, my my secret lover looks at me with his brooding eyes uh, and
0: everybody knows who she's talking about yeah it even got to the point that they uh all starred in a movie uh, amitabh bakshan his wife who played his wife in the film and Rekha, who played his mistress All three of them together in a movie. Playing the roles that they supposedly played in real life. And that is insane to (laughs) me. That is so insane. Could
1: you imagine if, like, Brad Pitt, Jennifer (laughs) Aniston, and Angelina Jolie made a movie together?
0: (laughs) Playing, like, people in an affair or something? like that? But that's, again, like, it's unimaginable for us (laughs) and our, like, understanding of North American or even European celebrity versus, like, other countries. Like, we talk about Mm -hmm. that when we talk about, like, Hong Kong, right? The idea of, like, pop stars starring and winning tons of awards, it's mm-hmm. completely foreign to us. But there, it's fine. Like, it's not that mm-hmm. big a deal.
1: Now, after his time in politics, Amitabh Bachchan's career started to go on the downswing a little bit. There were a number of reasons for this. I mean, he had image troubles, of course.
0: And, and I mean, his image was something that he always very... And his image was always something that he cultivated very specifically because, like, in the 70s, because of his relationship with the Gandhis, the Gandhis were being kind of investigated and because they were doing these terrible things where they were crushing the press and stuff like uh-huh. that. And uh, Baksha made a decision. I'm not talking to the press at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And he put a whole block on it for a long time. And at, the, at that time, nobody cared because they had an idea of who he was. He didn't need to do interviews Mm -hmm. to kind of reinforce that fact Mm -hmm. because there would be so many Amitabh Bakshan films that sometimes he was competing against himself at the box (laughs) office because he would shoot like four films at the same time and they would be released at the same time as well. Uh, But, you know,
1: eventually the press, I think, really turned on him. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's a war of
0: words, you know. And when you're in the industry for that long, right, like Mm -hmm. how can you keep your image going without changing it? Well, yeah, he's aging so he's
1: not the cool young brooding guy anymore Mm -hmm. and also his style of action movie was going out of fashion in the early 90s and you know creatively he seemed to have gotten into a bit of a rut i know there was a period in the 90s where he wasn't working much because he tried to become a business mogul which lasted i think only four years before he declared bankruptcy and one of the things that he did was he i think uh staged the miss world pageant in india yeah he did which was i think controversial Mm mm-hmm Um, but he came back to acting in the late 90s not very successfully until 2000
0: Mm -hmm. he starred in a movie called Love Stories or Mohabbatine in 2000 um, which had the notoriety for also co-starring Shah Rukh Khan who at that time was another mega superstar
1: and he is probably his Amitabh Bakshan's like successor as most famous man in India
0: but Amitabh Bakshan in this film Love Stories he didn't try to like do his vijay role or his like angry young man he played the stern disciplinarian who was butting heads with Shah Rukh Khan like Amitabh in that movie didn't get any songs or anything like that no action scenes Mm -hmm. he was just up against Shah Rukh Khan as this figure that people hadn't really seen him play before like he didn't dye his hair it was gray he looked his age and people really responded to that and this was also
1: a time when you know that that feeling of anger and discontentment of the 70s wasn't there anymore there were these big like neoliberal reforms Mm -hmm. these big economic upheavals that led to this you know gigantic middle class and you know, a lot of people aspiring to this kind of consumerist lifestyle, mm-hmm.
0: you know. And so Amitabh, you know, he took that role. He got back together with his wife and they appeared on screen again. Mm-hmm. He appeared with his children. His image suddenly became, again, this kind of like middle class conservatism family unit. And that was important yeah. to see up on screen. And, in he be- and he
1: became like the godfather of Indian film. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: He kept acting. He never stopped acting more and more. But in the 2000s, he was suddenly popular again.
1: And... Who wants to be a millionaire?
0: Yes, that was the big thing that kind of took him over the edge. Because, in addition
1: to the Shah Rukh Khan movie, yeah. Yeah,
0: because who wants to be a millionaire? Suddenly he's being beamed in everybody's house I, probably once a week. Yeah. And it wasn't just him taking on this role. It was also him kind of expanding what people knew about him. Like he famously like would do a sermon at the beginning of every episode. And people
1: would tune into it just to watch... Amitabh's Address to the Nation. Exactly.
0: And like he would quote lines from his movies. (laughs) But at the same time, he was also down to earth. Like he wasn't this big towering figure on the show. He was on the level of the contestants and most importantly, the audience, Mm -hmm. like looking them in the eye Mm -hmm. and kind of being more or, you know, acting like a human being. And I've always been very curious about this
1: period of his career because I've always thought like how is it possible that the most famous man in India hosted who wants to be a M- millionaire it's like it's like what if Tom Cruise yeah what if Tom Cruise hosted who wants to be a millionaire but, but
0: yeah this, I think it's, that it's a, like he probably just wasn't that famous anymore like he was out of style and this mm-hmm. was an opportunity for him to like get mm-hmm. back in there on you got to remember when who wants to be a millionaire I mean Richard Philman is not our um, <laughs> our Amitabh Bhakshan yeah. but it's like it was a big deal when it came out
1: yeah and from what I understand the Indian Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was the only international spinoff of it that really used its host's kind of whole career mm. in the way it
0: impacted audiences. Like yeah. It drew on his mythology. And um, Sunny Singh in her book actually talks about how the fact that Amitabh was known as this big kind of gangly using his limbs uh, actor. And then on the show, he was sitting down and he was calm, and he didn't move around that much. Just like his role in Love Stories presented him in a different light, people who had known Amitabh their entire life got, oh, wow, we never saw this side of him, and he seems more affable and human, Mm -hmm. so I want to follow this person, giving him another giant boost to his career. And he's still one of the biggest stars in India.
1: Mm -hmm. We just went to see... His new movie out in which, as I understand, it's the first movie he's made with Amir Khan, who's one of the biggest stars in India as well, from uh, Lagan and mm-hmm. *Dangal* and all those movies. Justin and I went out to see it at the Albion Cinema in Etobicoke, one of our favorite places. And
0: we were a little bit sad when we got there because um, it had just opened on the Friday. It was known as like the biggest Indian film ever. I think it costs the most. Yeah. And uh, we got to the cinema and the person taking our tickets seemed confused that we wanted to see it. And they said, oh, it's in cinema number two. And we're like, no, the little cinema. Well, little cinema. It was still huge. (laughs) It's massive. And the sound was was just, And it was essentially six people in this giant cinema for this film that just opened. And as the movie played out, we were expecting, like, a turd, because, you know, why would it be this empty? Well, the reviews weren't very good. No. And a lot of one-star kind of stuff. Well,
1: and look, I don't have a very keen palate when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm. It was entertaining to Yeah, me. it was tons of fun.
0: Had um, European villains. Love it. Colonizers, who, yeah. Who didn't speak enough English. Yeah. It was weirdly a Pirates of the Caribbean ripoff. Yeah.
1: Amitabh plays this legendary pirate and amir khan is this kind of uh uh, young bandit
0: johnny depp uh captain jack sparrow type yeah
1: kind of a mercenary type who ends up being kind of roped into the cause
0: but you know what the songs are catchy and Uh, big yeah the action scenes are big and fun and well choreographed uh lots of slow motion the classic indian style and there's actually surprises in the film where me and will were like what did this just happen some really
1: crazy (laughs) twist
0: yeah and so when it ended me and will were like well, why do people hate this so much? Yeah. And I think it's like, again, an understanding we don't have of <sighs> Indian culture, especially pop culture in that way. Yeah, who knows? Because there's some reason that this film isn't connecting with people. Like, I, re- I read some reviews of critics in India and the they're like, oh, it's regurgitated. It's like stuff we've seen before. We know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And like, w- while I was watching the movie, I didn't make any of those connections because I'm like, ah, oh, this is so fun. Like while it's ripping off, you know, Hollywood cinema, uh, Indian cinema has done that forever, mm-hmm. So it doesn't make that big a difference. But then even when I watch Cooley, I suddenly realized, oh wow, they actually took elements of this movie. Like the, the Hawk friend that Amitabh Bakshan has, or a scene where Amitabh pretends to be a statue and they're kind of reused in, um, this new movie. Mm-hmm. And, I think maybe that's the reaction that people are having. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Sonny Singh in her book talks about how Amitabh started to fail in his career because producers just started to kind of make new movies that would reuse scenes or just kind of recreate scenes from his popular films. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of annoyed with that.
1: Yeah, there was a very rigid kind of formula for mm-hmm. his movies at that point.
0: And I don't know, maybe he's falling back into that. or Maybe they don't want to see Amitabh Bakshan, who's... He's not super old, but like, you, he's he's not doing his stunts in this movie where he's flying around with a sword in each hand, cutting people down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, aside from this movie though, he's had, you know,
1: many movies in the last 20 years, uh, some <laughs> of which are quite, were quite successful. Like uh, there was
0: Pink. Yeah. That's a very good movie. Yeah. A drama about him defending, um, women that are accused of, I think they bring an accusation of rape against men and then it gets flipped back on them. And mm-hmm. then Amitabh has to help them kind of figure it out. Uh, he's kind of the
1: eccentric attorney. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that was quite appraised performance i understand
0: there's a film black that he starred in as well mm. which is a kind of retelling of the helen keller story huh. that he stars in
1: there's sarkar which is a godfather kind of ripoff mm. which was also very
0: popular and again the great Gatsby. yes <laughs> it's weird that like american producers or even any international producers can't get it in their head to like oh i should play a role in this because the indian population will come running maybe Amitabh doesn't care. Maybe. But remember that he was going to star in a film. That's right. What was it called again? It was called,
1: I think, Shantaram. Johnny Depp was going to be the star and Mm -hmm. he was going to co-star in it. But it got canceled because of the writer's strike in 2008.
0: What a world to live in where Amitabh stars in, like, a international production. Because even in The Great Gatsby, he speaks very good English. Yeah. So, like, that's definitely not an issue. It's mostly an issue of probably producers going, oh, I don't know who this person is. But I remember The Great Gatsby, I think, it was the opening
1: film at Cannes that year. And there were lots of pictures of, I think, Leonardo DiCaprio and Amitabh Bachchan, like, side by side, you know, cutting the <laughs> ribbon of the festival or whatever it was. Like, even
0: though he appears in, like, two minutes of the movie. But it's like, that goes to show you that how big
1: this guy is yeah you
0: know? and so if I were going to make some recommendations of what you should watch if you want to get like the Amitabh experience only because I'm still buzzing with it because I watched it today Cooley would <laughs> definitely be the one that I would point people towards because it is so big and goofy and it it just kind of highlights Masala cinema in a way that I've come to know it, which is, you know, very shallow. Mm. Cholet, obviously. Yeah, and Dawn Mm. is a wonderful movie. (laughs) Oh, man, Dawn, which uh, I just have to say again, has my favorite thing where Amitabh is chasing a guy and the guy jumps in a car, and you're like, oh, man, I hope Amitabh is driving, and then he is. (laughs) That's the best. And like we said, pink, stuff like that. Mm. It's really surprising how many modern day uh, Indian films are on Netflix because there's tons of them. Mm. So if you just search Amitabh Bakshan's name, a bunch of them will come up. And I would highly recommend that.
1: Mm. So now we finally know who Amitabh Bachchan is. <laughs> no, we don't.
0: <laughs> we know almost nothing. But yeah. hopefully we gave people an introduction enough to want to go and check him out and to see his movies.
1: And it's, it's exciting for me to know that there are just 100
0: movies out there. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And how do we know that some of them aren't a coolie out there as well? Yeah. More coolies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, as per usual, you can send us letters at importantcinemaclubpodcast at gmail.com. And our first letter is from Charlie Yao, and he goes, Hello, Important Cinema Clubbers. I recently listened to your Patreon episode on Kill Bill, and one thing you both said was how much you disliked the idea was elevating the genre, and conventions it was quoting. Man that's pic- so long ago. Oh, I know. <laughs> like- <laughs> but i do stand by
1: that idea like there, there's some cultural chauvinism in the way that let's say norm core critics mm-hmm. talk about tarantino where they say oh he goes in and he takes these schlocky genres like kung fu movies and he elevates them mm-hmm. and 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 that's just racism
0: completely understandable in that specific case but i'm curious what you think about the idea of high status directors elevating genre movies in general i recently rewatched takashi kitano's violent cop for example and it's hard not to think of that as an example of him elevating the renegade cop movie or even how sergio leone gave a more elegiac tone and thematic bent to once upon a time in the west than had been present in the dollars trilogy regardless of which one you prefer i wanted to hear your thoughts on this and tell you to keep up the good work all best charlie
1: i have some thoughts on this Mm -hmm. i think once upon a time in the west is one of the best spaghetti westerns and i think to talk about elevating the genre is like but that's almost saying like it's it's it's, snobby yeah yeah, because it's
0: like oh but this one is like better yeah. than the Dollars Trilogy. And so I
1: can remove this one from mm-hmm. this uh this kind of ugly day class A genre and not get my hands dirty because it's not part of it.
0: And like Violent Cop, not only is it coming from like culturally who Takashi Kitano was mm-hmm. in Japan at that point, mm-hmm. I think that we also look at it Based on all the other work that he would go on to do after that. Mm. And I think that there's baggage there. Like, I like Violent Cop. Mm. I don't know if I love it, but I think that it's because of who he is that's doing that. Again, the problem when you say, like, elevating, and and this has come up a lot in relation to horror, where people Mm. are like, oh, it's elevated horror. Oh, yeah. And all that means is, oh... Horror, as, you know, the public knows it, is trash. But here is good stuff. Yeah,
1: elevated from where?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's either good or it's not. To elevate something means that you have to raise it up from the trash where it was to give it... uh, the light that it needs and I don't know I don't really believe in that I do believe there are superior examples
1: of a genre mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's pretty much what yeah, it is yeah
1: I do agree that once upon a time in the West is a very good
0: movie though yeah masterpiece so <laughs> yeah, good yeah. and I think that like when people talk about like elevation in terms of something like that they're thinking of like oh because it's big and it's epic yeah. and it's serious yeah and because of doing that it's elevated kind of like when people talk about elevated horror oftentimes they're talking about slower moving horror mm-hmm. that then you can take serious and it means something. Not a lot of blood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's more of a suspense film than a horror film, right. really. Right. Boo! <laughs> Director saying that all over the place. Mm-hmm. Val Luton is scary because of what he does not show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In The Bad and the Beautiful, when you see those uh, Panther costumes, they'll look scary. I, I do like Val Luton. Yeah, I like Val Luton yeah. a lot as well. <laughs> so thank you very much for your letter. And again, it's Important Cinema Club Podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. We made a plea a few weeks ago, and nobody did. Oh, come on,
1: guys. You call yourselves fans.
0: <laughs> Please. It genuinely helps us. Or share us on Twitter. Or if you have a website, re- write a review about us. It genuinely helps to Put find us on list- the cover of a magazine. Yeah. And as per usual, on our Patreon this week, for $5, you can listen to me and will and mostly me interview will about uh the miscellaneous ed wood and by that i mean like the end of his life ed wood (laughs) a supplement to our previous ed wood episode Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all the porn and hardcore stuff he did the porn novels that he wrote and most specifically the lost film that was recently re-released on blu-ray by agfa films take it out and trade we talk about all of it Mm -hmm. so you know even if you're just a beginner to ed wood or you're an expert you'll want to listen to this episode And as I mentioned last week, there's a new Patreon tier, which is $10. And if you subscribe before probably the first, which is when it gets um, charged, I'll send out a little newsletter to you. It'll be shaped like a zine. It'll be like thoughts and reviews. Probably, I think I'm going to put like my top five Blu-rays that I saw that month or top 10. Mm -hmm. Also the top five film books that I, I read as well, which, you know, you can't really find anywhere else. Mm. And so subscribe for that. It's only an extra $5. And there's at this point, no extra in shipping because I don't know if it's going to bankrupt me, but we will see. Okay, And it's going to be a thing that like, if you don't subscribe by the first you will not be able to get that issue anymore, because I'm not going to be selling it. It's like a newsletter. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out. It's patreon.com slash The Cinema Club. So what are we doing next week, Will? Bill Gunn. Mm-hmm. Well, who's Bill Gunn? He's the director of Ganja and Hass and Personal Problems. And he's also the screenwriter of The Landlord, a Hal Ashby film. Mm-hmm. And he's mostly known as uh, an African-American filmmaker who had, like, a cult film, I guess, with Ganjan Hess mm-hmm. and Personal Problems being a kind of TV project shot on um, video that hasn't even wasn't even properly released till now. Mm. But like Ganjan Hess is a movie that like had such a following around it that even Spike Lee remade it in a film that. Uh, people they don't talk very fondly of you know we should almost watch the spike lee film well i've seen it oh have you okay because i haven't uh, you can watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember it not being very uh, warmly received but so next week we're going to watch personal problems Ganjay and hess probably the yeah, That'll probably landlord yeah will make three yeah so until then my name is justin the clue i'm will sloan thanks for listening Okay, before I forget, I was going to Amitabh Bakshan's filmography, and I didn't want to talk about this in the main episode because I didn't watch it, I just watched the trailer. <laughs> but, like, this is a movie called Paw that Amitabh Bakshan starred where he plays a... I guess, physically and mentally handicapped uh, young man to the point that the trailers and the posters say, and introducing Amitabh Bakshan. And it, this is from the 80s. <laughs> no, it's from the 2000s. Holy shit. 2009. Oh my God. <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I didn't. <laughs> and like, he's wearing very heavy makeup. And if you watch the trailer, Amitabh is, uh, he's going full uh, Simple Jack, yes. if you know what I mean. <laughs> so
1: And yes. like, very like physically deformed yes. in his makeup um okay i you told me to watch the trailer i haven't yet yeah i promise i will but can you say what it's called again? For- it's called
0: PA, P-A-A. Uh, the tagline of the movie is a very rare father-son, son-father story. Ooh. <laughs> yep. And uh, I just sent some art to Will, which is Amitabh in his makeup uh, over his son's back, I assume, holding on to him. Oh, that's why. It's because the film stars Abhishek Bakshan, Amitabh Bakshan's son. Yes. So again, it's real life uh, intermingling with... The, the movie world. Abhishek
1: Bachchan, by the way, stars in the Doom franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's his big series. I'm not sure. How- Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think Abhishek Bachchan's a big star in India, but I'm I'm very curious about like how is he perceived? Is he perceived as just having ridden in on his dad's coattails? I know he's married to the lovely Aishwarya Rai, mm-hmm.
0: uh, uh, and that's not nothing. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, she's also a star as well. So yeah.
1: um... uh, Doom Two was the movie that made me fall in love with Bollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing it at the Albion in high school and not quite knowing what I was watching, uh, and and like it was like a blockbuster, but everything is totally out of proportion <laughs> and it's so absurd. But then uh, me, so
0: eager to please. Me
1: and you watched it and it was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> Well, I mean, it can never live up to that (laughs) first time. And
0: Doom 3, the Dark Knight of the series. Well,
1: the Doom franchise always kind of mimics like whatever was popular at that time. So Doom 2 is sort of like a Michael Bay movie Mm -hmm. and Doom 3 is, yeah, a Christopher Nolan movie. (laughs) I can't wait for what Doom 4 is going to be. Is
0: it ever going to come out?
1: Well, there was a seven-year gap between two and three, so maybe, you <laughs> yeah. know, who knows? Oh, man, Amitabh Bakshan can play the villain in it. Yeah, or let's get Shah Rukh in there. I feel oh, like, yeah, because yeah, Amir Khan was the villain last time. It has to be a big star each time.
0: Yeah, or, or Amitabh Bakshan and Shah Rukh Khan team up against the Doom Boys. Well, okay, this
1: is something that's interesting about the doom series abhishek bakchan is ostensibly the star but in
0: every nobody cares about the villain is always the star that's right yeah because it was uh, yeah like you said amir khan in the in the third one and in the
1: second one it was hirthik roshan Mm. who uh uh, so i mean just the other day i was rewatching music scenes from doom 2 on youtube again and oh good good shit and 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 hirthik roshan Uh, well, what a physical specimen that (laughs) man
0: is. (laughs) Uh, I have no transition point, but we also wanted to talk about Raymond Chow. Oh, rest in peace. Raymond Chow. uh, (laughs) What a physical specimen. (laughs) There we go. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of physical specimens.
1: Raymond Chow died recently. I know that he had his funeral either today or yesterday. Mm. He was the former head of Golden Harvest Studios in uh, Hong Kong.
0: Other than the Shaw Brothers, the studio that defined what Hong Kong cinema is. Yeah,
1: especially in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. I think that was their real golden era. They, they are responsible for frankly bruce lee's career mm-hmm. uh, they produced uh the the four major movies that we associate with him also jackie chan sam hung sam hung also yeah. sam hung before jackie chan mm-hmm. uh, and i think golden harvest you know when i think of hong kong those are the movies that i think
0: that of. logo that comes up at the
1: beginning and i mean it's kind of hard for us to get a handle on raymond chow you know as a person as a person or as other than a, a like whoa he's presence. still alive
0: <laughs> i didn't i didn't know he was still alive uh but he appeared in uh the donnie yen picture kung fu killer okay uh, very yeah. briefly yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but, you know, he's uh, the godfather of so many careers. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: like, without him, who knows, like, what could happen? Because he did break away from the Shaw Brothers system mm-hmm. because he's, he was like, there has to be a different way to do this, uh, like, because Shaw Brothers is so regimented. Mm-hmm. And that's why stars like Samo and Jackie and other people like that mm-hmm. went to work with him because he gave them a different opportunity. Well, without Raymond Chow, there's no
1: The Big Boss. There's no Fist of Fury. There's no Enter the Dragon. What
0: what, 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 would, what would the be? world look like? <laughs>